What's up, everybody? Welcome to the View from Jamestown podcast edition. This is episode 69. This is the March 2022 episode, and we got the full crew here this morning. We have TCC President Rob Roach, Inside Sales Manager Nicole Greenberg, VP of Sales and Marketing AJ Pacharka, and Latin American Operations Manager Javier Fernandez. Good morning. Morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. How you guys all doing? Excellent. Fantastic. A lot of diverse facial hair going on here as I'm looking around. Got obviously AJ's beard. Rob's got the stash going on. I mean, I hope I'm kind of out of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nicole doesn't count. Nicole, Nicole doesn't count. Uh, what's, subtle uh, hints. No. What's, what's happening? I've had this stash for two years, but I've had the mask on, so you haven't. Maybe seen that's me. that's what it was. Yeah. I've been working was. on it all that time. <laughs> it's like an outline of a mask. That's true. Right. Just grew, grew in the mask. I'm missing the mask so much. I had to I had to put this uh, facial hair on. You had to like shell and grow it over your. Over your lips, yeah. To protect so I keep tasting the coffee all day long. <laughs> George, can we get a close up on that on that stash? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is. Uh, it is mid March. We're coming out of some travel. We're looking forward to getting into some more travel here end of this month and uh, and next month. It feels good to be back on the road. I know you got a bunch of trips coming up, and <sighs> it's nice to nice to see the American Airlines app filling up again. Travel explosion, yeah. It's nice to see. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, but first and foremost, I know the biggest thing we've been talking about here the past two weeks, I know the uh, February episode, we knew or were talking about the potential for a Russian invasion of Ukraine. Obviously, anyone that's opened their phone or turned the TV on the last couple of weeks has seen that obviously has happened. Um, and we're working through the fallout from that, uh, primarily including a whole bunch of Russian sanctions um, following what's happening with oil. Obviously, oil is up about 20% uh, since the last time we recorded um, some producers are cutting ties with either material that had originated from Russia or had been produced in Russia or even logistics going in and around Russia. So it's been quite the fluid situation, and, and uh, we're obviously still trying to maintain the fallout. I know you said obviously AFPM is coming up, and it should be a very interesting AFPM as everyone tries to figure out what's what's going on and what the outlook is on, on the Russian sanctions and what's happening there. Yeah, it looks like a pretty bad call by Putin, you know, yeah. um, at this point because uh, – He's got very few people uh, backing him and uh, saw this morning that he's got 16,000, um, I think they call them jihad-type fighters now that are going to help Russia. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, you know, uh, our little company's already impacted by it. We were doing some business in, in Russia. And, uh, yeah, I think that there's going to be uh, – I I had a call yesterday with the whole company. This is going to be the equivalent of a winter storm Uri, you know, on Texas uh, or or worse, depending on how long it lasts. It's amazing all the different avenues that trickle down, and obviously anyone that's producing in Russia is now being impacted. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, a significant amount of oil in Europe comes out of Russia, so anyone that's producing anywhere in Europe is now affected by this. It's It's been amazing, the trickle-down effect of how that's impacted the world economy. Um, some of our producers, I know a couple this week have announced that they're going to stop, you know, sourcing from Russia. So that cuts off of percentage of you know, supply options, obviously something they put into place for security supply that's no longer there. So it's been interesting. Yeah, it's tough to keep up on. It seems like it's changing hourly at this point. So everything could be different by the time this podcast actually airs, yeah. obviously. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's something we're paying real close attention to. Obviously, gas prices at all time high, which is not great for, for anybody. Yeah, thanks, Biden. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, that's the biggest uh, topic right now at TCC because uh, week over week we went from twenty percent ish fuel surcharges to forty eight 
47 percent ish fuel surcharges and yeah. as a distributor where you're making a small fraction of a percent on anything that you sell that's a tremendous change and um eliminates any profitability in a lot of cases so uh, we're trying to tackle that issue right now uh, through communicating directly with our customers and figuring out you know what exactly we do because freight for us is a service it's not a profit center so um, you know we just pass on the costs and uh, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do that and and you know the inflationary situations gotten compounded now with the uh, cost of fuel uh, adding to those woes and, uh, and and the lack of availability in, in certain markets of chemical products, that means there's going to be, once again, a, a reshuffling of the global markets, uh, which we've already seen, you know, thanks to COVID and thanks to now this war. And, you know, several times over the last couple of years, the global economies have had to reshuffle. And it's uh, that has an impact on costs as well. Yeah, obviously impacting it twofold. Obviously, the freight is a big part of it. You need to get raw materials to a plant. You need to get the finished goods to our customers. But mm-hmm. obviously, oil will make the products themselves more expensive. Obviously, a lot of things, especially that we sell, are derived directly from oil or natural gas or benzene or propylene. So it can be directly tied back to increases in oil. So it seems like it's uh, very obvious that pricing will continue increasing throughout the summertime based on all this. Yeah, we've... I, I also mentioned recently that we've just seen an onslaught of orders. Everybody's understanding the predicament and they need to have, I mean, we, you think about it where well, there's low inventory on availability, there's low inventory on finished goods, there's low inventory in transit, there's just low inventory across the board. So that hasn't even had a chance to recover post COVID. And now here we are, you know, with a, a greater impact. So, um, it's going to be an interesting AFPM in a couple of weeks, and it's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, uh, remainder of the first quarter and second quarter, I think, for sure. Yeah, and I'm sure, Nicole, you've been quite popular here recently. I know <laughs> one thing we've done more and more of is looking at package product, whether it's just to have emergency stock at our warehouses or to ship to our customer and have it on, on their floor or, um, you know, maybe trucks getting delayed. So I'm sure the package plasticizer business and, and product as, you know, package product as a whole has been quite quite busy here the last couple of weeks for you. Yeah, the last couple of weeks have just kind of, they've blown up. Um, and whether it's been due to lack of uh, liquid bulk availability and uh, being able to schedule trucks there, people are looking at their LTL um, options, which are more favorable in a lot of situations. But um, also, I think a lot of people are looking to get some safety stock on the floor um, and make sure that they avoid, you know, a potential plant shutdown. Yeah, maybe trying to get some material packed out to beat some of these impending increases that I think people are sure that are coming. Yeah, definitely. Good time to have your, I think, tanks full and have some safety stock on the floor, whether it's just due to availability in general or prices going up. But I think that's kind of been our Yeah, we're going into probably the most busy time of the year as well. You know, the March, April, May, June timeframe is typically the most robust in terms of demand. So... Uh, you're adding a little insult to injury here. Yeah. And Javi, you mentioned that we're obviously in uh, turnaround season for a lot of companies, a lot of plants. Yeah, a lot of plants in Latin America uh, turnaround season. And Latin America has become a good good spot for supply in some, some products. So we have good relationships there. So we're in a good position. Um, but yeah, things things are going well. Demand is still demand still good. Demand still strong, and and yeah, everybody's keeping safety stock and planning their orders May June at this point. Yeah, I guess that's you know the Latin American countries are probably at a benefit because they're used to the lead times, they're used to the yeah, supply chains. Yeah, versus they, they they used to, to 
to, to the import so they're okay with the delays and the rollovers they don't they don't take the good the bad news very well but they're fine with it after because they're planning better yeah. for sure there's maybe a lot of companies in the u.s that you know what do you mean it's two weeks to get through the port like they're not used to these dynamics yeah. that go on with that it seems like some of the, some folks in Latin America having like an unforeseen uptick in demand. Like mm-hmm. we're seeing more requests for air freight and things like yes. that, and panic yeah. buying type type things. Yeah, it has increased. We have we have done a lot of orders uh, air freight um, just to to the lack of of shipments, or just uh, just to just due to timing. You know, we have to put some pallets in order to the, the the company not to shut down. But yeah, yeah, I know. Looking at logistics, um, we looked at. China shipments at all recently has have rates been pretty flat and availability been okay or has it been impacted a bit more? Availability availability seems to be okay. What rates are like what 14, 14,000 for you know regular twenty foot containers? So you know it's pretty pretty flat I think from last time and availability seems okay. There's still some raw material issues in China, especially with things like bromine or phosphates and things that are mined seem uh, seem pretty problematic. Still antimony I think antimony is pretty snug at the moment, but um, ocean freight seems like it's okay at the moment yeah and Javi, you're talking earlier obviously ocean freight in and around europe can be a little interesting i know russia uh, yeah shipments coming in and out of russia maybe even if they're not originating from russia but just passing through russia has passing through russia they're having an issue because there are no car uh their shipping lines are not 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 picking up uh, russian cargoes at the moment many of them they're not picking up so so they're either skipping st petersburg port or they're just stopping and not picking up anything so that's become a problem problematic for 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 many of us that, that deal with some with some russian goods so maybe something that could impact you even if you're not buying russian material but if your ship is supposed to stop in russia and keep going yeah it could be a potential problem yes for sure already is already is <laughs> so a good time to stay in touch with your freight folks especially if you're buying stuff coming in from from asia and europe yeah make sure you know where that vessel's going through and if you could expect any delays hopefully it'll free up containers from for other ports from europe maybe. i don't know if that'll help <laughs> the situation at all but if there's any silver lining maybe Optim- optimism i like it trying so obviously yeah china global shipping uh we touched on mexico and latin america things yeah. have been good um, how's the feedback been for the AFPM? It seems like you've got a busy meeting schedule, people from out yeah, of the U.S. traveling. A lot of people, a lot of people are coming to the, they didn't, they, didn't, they were here in October, but they're coming to the, to the March. Yeah. Uh, be, I'll be seeing a lot of my friends in, in a couple of weeks, so that's exciting. So it's looking like a full schedule, so I'm very excited, looking forward to it. Yeah, I got to figure out how to match you with like seven golfers at the same time. You got to get the most popular guy at the golf party, <laughs> which is a good problem to have. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, so we touched on it a, a bit here. Uh, obviously, we're lucky to have uh, a freight update coming up from the logistics company. So we'll turn it over to those guys for a more in-depth freight update on uh, what they're seeing on various freight avenues these days. So we'll give it over to them. Morning, guys. How you guys doing today? Morning, Ben. Morning, Ben. Nice to see you both on the podcast for the first time. Absolutely. Thanks duo, for having us. Duo from TLC. Um yeah, appreciate you guys coming on, spending some time with us this morning. Um, for anyone that hasn't seen a prior episode, maybe you just want to give a brief introduction on uh, each of you, your background and roles with TLC. Yeah, so I'm Jamie Mild. I've uh, been working with TLC for about four years now, working on pricing and rail operations, packaging operations, blending, all kinds of things like that. A little bit of everything. Yeah. Jack of all trades. <laughs> Joe? Uh, I'm Joe Hasenfratz, uh, sales and marketing manager at uh, the logistics company, um, mainly head up 
bringing on a lot of new uh, business and uh, carriers as well. So busy, busy, busy. I can imagine. I can imagine. For you guys are both very popular these days. Yep. For good and. <laughs> um, jumping into it, I know one of the things we've been talking a lot about really the last week to two weeks as um, gas prices have obviously skyrocketed. Obviously, a big part of truck freight is the FSC or fuel surcharge. Um, I guess question for you, Jamie, is you know what's been happening the last two weeks, maybe even backing it up just a, a brief second and ex- explaining what the fuel surcharges are and how they impact rates, um, as well as what's going on here currently. Yeah, so the fuel surcharge um, is something that you know is added to a per mile line haul that is basically the compensator for the fuel that's used by the truck on your shipment. Um, fuel surcharges historically, I think back when I was starting out a few years ago, they were, you know, 17%, 20%, something like that. Um, now they've been skyrocketing um, the last, you know, six months and especially the last, you know, week or so here. Uh, about a week ago it was 36% or so. And this week it's up to, you know, 45, 46, 47. Crazy. For this week. Uh, and that's... You know, that, that's just a percentage that gets put on top of that mileage that you're already paying for. So if a line haul is 1000 bucks and the fuel surcharge is currently 40%, you're really paying $1,400. Exactly. That's how that works. Yep. Crazy. That's quite the, quite the increase. And obviously something that you guys are kind of scrambling, and a lot of people are scrambling to figure out how to tackle that. Obviously, if you guys are giving rates on a, whether it's a daily, a weekly, or a monthly validity, you know, some of that I'm sure has to be revisited kind of ASAP, because obviously that's something that's growing real quickly here. Yeah, I think uh, especially, you know, we've made a lot of our accounts and um, any one of our forecasts aware we're in the same boat as so many um, other teams are. So yeah. I don't think this is anything that's kind of surprising to a lot of um, any any of our customers or because um, that's what's being communicated by the carrier. So um, I think, you know, the TLC team does a great job of being as proactive in getting those out so that, you know, we can pivot as needed. Um but yeah, that's something that's across the board. Everyone's experiencing it right now. Yeah, I'm sure that the focus really is still on what you guys have been doing with developing new carriers and relationships. Um, obviously, everyone's dealing with the same fuel surcharges. Where, do the, where does that come from? Where does a fuel surcharge come from? Is it something published by like a union or organization? Or So the fuel surcharge is based off of government data over, you know, the national average for diesel prices. Um, in Trucks, specifically in liquid bulk, uh, basically every carrier has their own table that, you know, you get the percentage from after that. But they all go off of the same numbers, and they're usually all within, you know, a percentage point or two of each other. So the government says the fuel surcharge is X, and then each carrier derives their actual, what they're going to charge from that. And right. A little bit differently. Yeah, they yeah. provide the data. Got it. <laughs> um, any recommendations for people on what to do? It just really stay close to your freight teams and understand what's happening in the surcharges and what to expect for rates. Yeah, I think, sorry, I think everyone has to be pretty fluid right now. I think um, open communication is key. I think um, as we get the uh, information passed along to us, we're immediately passing along that to all of our customers. And um, I think the the best way is just to be upfront, open and honest with immediate um, data that we have been provided. Yeah, obviously a pretty pretty unprecedented thing with how quickly gas prices have increased so yeah so yeah definitely just definitely. one one new logistical challenge to add to the to the suite of current issues going on yeah yeah it is um but you know with 
with the truck pricing, it's something to your point of how to look at it. You really have to look at it almost on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, rail cars are a little bit different because that goes off of historical numbers. So you normally have a window of you know a month or two where you'll see that you'll see the rise from this month come into an effect a couple of months down the road. So you can plan that out better. Um, but definitely the tank trucks. Is that typical? The, the fuel surcharges are valid for about a week. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like they could be changing midweek or from Tuesday to Wednesday. It could be different. No, they, no, change no, they won't change in the week. Interesting. Um, what about the other formats of, uh, of freight? What's going on with LTL freight? How's, how's LTL shipments been recently? Joe laughs. That's not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, ultimately what we're communicating to a lot of our customers is build in an extra day or two transit time. You know, we, yeah typically do a nice job of communicating what the estimated transit time is going to be. Sure. Um, but we usually, just good rule of thumb right now is uh, build in an extra day or two. Um, so many of these terminals we're hearing are just seriously backlogged with so much uh, freight as it is that yeah. getting it onto a truck, um, even if it gets onto a truck, I mean, there's a few examples we have this week of even if it gets on a truck doesn't mean it's making delivery that day. Right. Um, you know, they're just so inundated right now. Yeah. And you manage rail cars. How's the rail management been the last couple of weeks? I know you mentioned you've been getting more and more requests for intermodal shipments. Obviously, we manage a suite of bulk liquid rail cars. Um, how's the rails been the last few weeks here? I mean, the rail yards as a whole, you know, continue to be backed up a little bit. Most of the serving yards. Um, but that's, for the most part, it's been fairly steady at that pace. You know, it's a little slow, but that's... It, it's that it's a steady slow yeah. is what it is um as far as you know general rail cars the rail market seems to be busy seem to be a lot of carload shipments um i know we spoke with a repair shop the other day that said that you know they are at one of their lowest points for cars in the shop that they've been at so that would point to me that a lot of cars are in service a lot of freight is moving and that's a good thing, um, especially when shops, right now you can get a turn time of cars going in to get repaired of about a week. And we've seen points in the past where it's been three months or so wow. from the time it gets to Big the difference. shop. So yeah, yeah that's it's definitely good for that. So rail shipments are still something you're comfortable recommending, obviously assuming the volumes are there and it's the correct lanes and distances and whatnot, but that's, that's still been a positive maybe transition for some companies that historically hadn't been looking at rail shipments. Yeah, definitely. They should at least. Worth considering yeah, if, if it's something absolutely. you haven't thought yeah. about. I'm sure if you've only done liquid tank trucks or or container shipments, you know, maybe switching to intermodal might be kind of a scary thing to get into. But obviously companies like you guys are fantastic resources to understand what makes sense where and price it out all, all the ways and yeah. see what the best option is. And I think a lot of end users need to consider again, making their freight that much more attractive. Um, and maybe that means if they're looking to grow, what does it cost to have rail siding? What yeah. does it cost to you know have some of those um, options available to you to make as many options um, kind of open up as, as possible? Yeah, as many options as you can. I think we talked last time about making your freight as attractive as possible. So give yourself options in those windows to Absolutely. be successful. Yeah. yeah, and that's, I mean, to Joe's point, you know, making me change to rail you know, adding rail cars, adding, if you're adding storage tanks, things like that can definitely be intimidating if it's not something that you're used to. Sure. Um, again, that that's where I would rely on folks like us because, um, you know, we have experience with storage tanks. We have experience with rail cars and things like that. So you're saying you won't have great luck if company A just calls uh, one of the rail yards and tries to book a, a, 
a rail car. It's not gonna not yeah, gonna work out yeah, in no, favor. Probably not. Yeah. No. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Um, imports, exports, status around the ports. I know obviously you guys manage a significant number of loads coming into the U.S. as well as leaving the U.S. Um, what's the ports been like these days? I think um, you know we're we're seeing the the trickle down effect across all the ports. Um, what used to be a somewhat reasonable. Um, release time from Savannah or Charleston as a different avenue besides LA or New York, we're starting to see those stack up. Yep. Um, as well as even just being able to return uh, some of the containers back to the yards. That's sure. just a, a staggering issue that so many of these ports are just not designed to be able to handle right yeah. now. So yeah. we're seeing some pretty glaring holes in the infrastructure right now. Have you seen any positive notes on availability of trucks? I mean, are we starting to see any additional drivers coming to the marketplace, any marketing campaigns that are working to get additional drivers in, in, in play? Um, I know we've seen some crazy numbers like six-figure you know, first-year salaries for some of these drivers coming on to try to entice kids coming out of college to pursue the CDL route. Have, have you seen any improvements on availability or has it been kind of about the same in general? Um, I mean, I'd say that it's a little bit better than it was, but for the most part, I would say we're kind of at like a plateau. Yeah. Um, no better, no there, worse. There definitely, there's definitely a lot of price increases and things going into effect to try and, you know, be able to pay those drivers more. Sure. Um, and to try and lure more drivers into the, you know, employment market on that end. Um, yeah. And I think in some cases that definitely has worked. Um, it's going to be a slow process. Yeah, though. it's definitely going to be a slow process. And I think liquid bulk especially is a little bit more challenging just given all the extra nuances that are needed for, for a sure. driver in that in that industry for sure. sure. I mean, drive and in. I, and I think we talked in the past like the liquid bulk overall is a relatively small percentage of the general freight industry, but obviously for chemicals and especially for TCC's business, it's a pretty big part of it. So it's we kind of see that little microcosm of it where we think it's a massive deal, but obviously when you talk the whole scope of the logistics industry, it's a relatively small piece. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, to the point that Joe brought up, the liquid bulk drivers, you're always going to have less, be, mainly because, you know, there's less business out there sure. for that, to your point of it's a smaller market. Um, but also because when you think about liquid bulk, there are so many extra things that you have to do after you get your CDL. Yeah. You have to get, you know, most cases you have to get your hazmat certification. You have to, you know, get tanker certifications, all kinds of things like that. Yeah, makes sense. And that just adds costs for prospective new drivers. It adds, you know, more just more difficult yeah. things to do. Well, appreciate the update. Any final words of wisdom on the logistics front these days? What do you what do you what do you tell them? Either uh, operations people or you know some of your sales contacts. Yeah, I mean, I would say just operationally, just you know, stay in communication with people right now, especially with fuel, you know, being all over the place and unpredictable. It's constant communication. You know, be prepared for things to change at a moment's notice. Yeah, make it a point maybe to follow up weekly on. Obviously, I'm sure historically fuel surcharges haven't changed too drastically, so it wasn't a big conversation. But right. now that it's doubled in the last couple of weeks, more of a more of a focus point. Definitely. Um, and you're out traveling. Yes. Been at some shows. You've yeah. got some shows coming up. Where yeah, I mean, from a sales out? perspective, uh, Fort Worth last week was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think that was probably one of the better attended shows, and a lot of buzz going on uh, down there. So um, it was great to see everybody out there. Um, traveling down to the American Truck Show in a couple of weeks down in Louisville, uh, AFPM shortly thereafter, end of March, and then uh, we'll be at the American Coding Show in Indy at the beginning of April. So 
busy couple of weeks. Yeah, for busy sure. Couple of weeks. Well, Jamie, Joe, appreciate you guys coming on again. Uh, hope we see you here in the next month or two, and hopefully um, better news. Hopefully, some. Yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. I like the yeah, optimism. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks, you. Man. All right, moving on to uh, price updates and trends. I know we've talked about oil a bunch. Obviously, oil, I think, moving everything north. Uh, we're obviously in mid-March here, so we're not really thinking too much about April pricing in terms of firm updates yet, but I'm, I'm sure the overall feeling is that things will be moving upwards again for, for April at this point across the majority of our products. I think that's a safe assumption. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of mid-March increases yeah. left and right. Yeah, I think uh, one of our salesmen is really good with the price increases. He has been sharing a lot of on, on, on mainly on solvents and glycol ethers and IPA and all of those things. Uh, yeah, a lot of mid March and some some sometimes effective immediately. So you're seeing a lot of increase, uh, not even waiting until April first. Yeah, which is April Fools. <laughs> I don't think the increases will be an April Fools joke. No, yeah, right. no. I hope they will, but they won't. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, not only are you seeing increases, but in availability allocation, we're already allocating a lot of our products because uh, people are, you know, hungry for for materials at this point, beat increases, and just to keep the supply chain full. And contracted customers are 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 their the, the producers are, are staying to their contract minimums in most cases, so they have to look for other sources of supply, either either domestically or internationally. So it's. It's tough out there to be a buyer these days, or paying market pricing for you know anything above your contract volumes. Yeah, yeah. Which obviously yeah, which, probably which sticker is, shock. Yeah, sticker shock. Yeah, or your contract pricing and just spot pricing. You know, it's, it's the same product, but there's a there's a delta, of yeah. course. Yeah. And obviously, seeing I think record highs for some products. I know urea has been at pretty high levels here recently, and probably expected to stay there based on what energies are doing. Yeah, I think if anything, it's probably going to go higher, right? Like uh, Russia's a, a major factor in the U.S. when it comes to fertilizer. So, um, you know, we're already seeing, you know, vessels not being loaded and, and hearing things like that. So I expect things to, to get real tight and uh, more expensive on, on all fertilizers across the board, including yeah, urea. And obviously coming into fertilizer season, so I'm sure this is a popular time for that. And yep, coupled with, with the demand season. <laughs> great, great timing for it. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, looking at specific, you know, price indicators, um, uh, when I put these notes together yesterday, Brent crude was at about a dollar ten. Um, crude oil is about a dollar six. Natural gas four sixty five. Um, so obviously oil up about two hundred dollars per barrel from the last recording we did in mid uh, mid February. Um, natural gas an increase as well. So obviously I think we're looking at you know benzene's already tracked up. I'm sure propylene's going to track upwards for April. Um, yeah, propylene was up six February. Um, spot market's been robust. Um, you know, there's even some demand going back to Europe for propylene. So um, because of, uh, you know, inavailability or, or, you know, basically wartime situation going yep. on over there. So, um, but, you know, we've got good propylene production here right now, which is probably offsetting some massive spikes. But yeah, we're seeing mixed xylenes, orthoxylene, benzene, propylene, uh, ethylene, you name it, everything uh, tracking north. Tracking north and especially giving short validity, uh, same day. Uh, before it was a week, now same day, 48 hours. It's getting bad. Yeah. It's yeah. getting bad, yeah. Short validity is because OX, for example, it's, it's trending up really high. That'll, yeah. that'll go to thalic and hydride and go to plasticizers. And, you know, so there's, there's, there's definitely going to be a trickle down effect here. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, I think that's been part of the best part about doing these episodes kind of mid-month. Uh, obviously, I know a lot of people talk about price updates and trends, what's happening on the first and the second and the third of the month. Um, but maybe people people are probably fo- focus on a little bit more now with how kind of crazy the market's been. But it's been nice doing these episodes mid-month, even just for the five of us to sit down and talk about what we're seeing and what's going on to start alerting customers for what's up, you know, what's coming up in April and May. So it's mm. been a good update here, kind of mid-month and benchmarking against where we were last middle of the month. Yeah, it's a pretty serious update right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the uh, it's a serious situation that we're in right now. I mean, there's nuclear uh, power plants. There's nuclear arms involved. It's nothing I've seen since I was a child, you know, pre-Gorbachev and the bringing the wall down and things like that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's great to see that the world is is galvanizing behind uh, Ukraine, but uh, we've got a, a madman that it could do just about anything at any time. So it's uh, you, you know, as humans on this earth together, we're we're we're, we're very exciting times the last few years. Yeah, very much so. Um, wearing us thin, I think. <laughs> We're getting worn down. <laughs> it's been quite the. It's been quite the. I guess three years now since, yeah. since COVID came about. And whatnot. Yeah, it, you know, it's just amazing to see the wane of of COVID concerns and and now other concerns coming in. So, yeah. um, wish it was a a calm period for a little yeah. while. We need, <laughs> we need we need a vacation from from one, life. <laughs> one crisis to the next. Right. Yeah, there really was no transition there. So no, there was none. No. Nope. nope. <laughs> Um, speaking of bolstering inventories and making sure you have domestic supply, I know uh, Javi has taken Rob's credit card here the last couple of weeks and gone on a bit of a shopping spree. <laughs> what, uh, Racking up those points. What are you shopping for these days, Javi? Uh, some plasticizer, some packaged plasticizer, some uh, citric acid, some food additives like citric acid, fumaric malic. They should be here in eight, eight to ten weeks from now. I mean, the the the, the lead time are long, but glycerin, glycerin, glycerin from 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 Brazil and from all over the place. We're buying a little bit, a little bit, and just stocking ourselves. Yeah, some products that we've been loosely active in. Historically, yeah, or historically, we, we've been there in those products, so it's not it's not new for us. It's yeah. just new supply options. new supply options at the moment. Um, and I know we've talked a, a bit about it, I think, in the past episode, but obviously we want to touch on uh, on butanol as well. A mm. Big product for TCC, something we're excited about, excited to have the opportunity to grow into and something we'll be making a big push on here, you know, especially at AFPM and over the com- coming weeks and months with our marketing efforts. Um, but a, an exciting product for TCC to continue to grow, grow and do much larger volumes. In. Yeah, effective March 1st, we're in our own shore tank in the Morgan Terminal, New Jersey. Um, yeah, we're, you know, we've been in Oxos now for uh, quite some time and they're an integral part of, uh, you know, our supply to the U.S. and also our plasticizer production, uh, toll production. And uh, so, yeah, you know, butanol is, uh, it, you know, it looked like we're going to have it readily available, but we need to shore up the supply chain. So we're looking at, uh, you know, refreshing and how much is available between times and managing that. And uh, it's, you know, we've been in short tanks before and managing, so it's nothing new to us, but uh, these times are are certainly new to us. So we're just making sure that we keep rateable supply, keep our contracts filled and and our customers happy to the best of our ability. So I know we touched on a little bit before, but obviously the package plasticizer has been a great business for us, something that we've continued to grow into. Yep, most definitely. And like I said, especially over the, the past couple of weeks, it's, uh, you know, we've seen a, a pretty big uptick in the, you know, 
customers just placing orders, uh, not even necessarily they want to ASAP, but, you know, thinking for the next couple weeks and, and months out um, just to kind of like security of supply on and, their end. Yeah, and it's so. not just plasticizers. I mean, we have packaged goods across the across the board. And, you know, I think it's the more that we're in bulk products, the more that we have to look at the integration into the packaged products because, you know, of all the logistics problems and keeping people safety stocks and all these things that Nicole mentioned are su super important. So with our position in these bulk products, you can you can expect to continue to see us, um, you know, perform in those packaged products as well and grow those yeah. and uh, and grow our positions in, in North and South America in those products. And I think in general, we've had a lot more opportunities for LTL volumes anyway, mm -hmm. with regards to different right. package goods. So it's allowed us to really, you know, branch out and, and build on that. So it's, yeah. it's, and it's partnering awesome. with distributors, regional distributors, centralized distributors has been a great thing for us. Um, so we're still interested to do that and grow that business. Um, and uh, we're also seeing it, it like it's funny, like we're growing into the package, but we're also seeing upstream our producing partners are less and less interested in do, dealing with shore tanks or dealing with uh, packaging or, or even breaking down from bulk to truck to rail car. You know, they're sort of managing their production and managing what they do best and, and letting folks like us take it from there, you yeah. know, take it from the plant all the way through the, the value chain. So, um, so it's been more and more often we're having these, you know, these big boy talks with these big boy companies on how we can bring value to that. And, and they don't have the people, you know, they just don't, you know, before it was, you know, four people for the world. Now it's one person for the world. And now you have to place your order through a computer, you yeah. know, so yeah. we bring the value of the sales and marketing tools, the people, the boots on the ground, uh, the, the logistics, the handling, the packaging, the support, the tech, technical sales. So uh, I think we bring a lot of value. So it's it's been a good uh, growing business for us to to manage it from plant, you know, to consumer. Yeah, very much so. Um, and speaking of people, obviously we got a pretty diverse list of trade shows and events coming up, which I think is exciting. Um, be nice to get back to some of these events, sort of a normal trade show schedule. Uh, back to AFPM later this month. Uh, back in its normal time in, in late March, um, and that obviously piggybacks back-to-back -back with the coding show. Um, so we'll have a obviously a, a pretty wide attendance and uh, group of events at the AFPM. We'll have our golf outing Saturday, cocktail party Sunday. Um, everyone sitting here will be at the AFPM as well as Absolutely. we have 12, 14 people going down total. Yeah. Good, good uh, contingent. Yeah, about 14, I believe. So looking speaking forward of, to speaking that. Speaking of people. Yeah, that's Bring not the most we've ever had. No. <laughs> By any means. That's a light year. <laughs> but, I mean, everyone's been doing great getting meetings on the books. I mean, we've got a, a robust meeting schedule. We, we're looking great on the attendance for the golf and cocktail party already. And, I mean, typically that fills up within, what, a week or two before. Yep. So, you know, looking forward to seeing everyone there and, you know, just reconnecting. But still space, I'm sure, to set up some new meetings if we need to. You know, oh, send, of course. Send, send of Javi course. a WhatsApp. We'll yeah. get it on the books. Exactly. Get on the book. WhatsApp me. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think I think uh, communication is super important right now, yeah. you know, so we'll make the time, you know, more and more our relationships are closed when it comes to communication. And we're trying to open up more communication, talk more on podcasts. I mean, we're doing everything we can to get the information out there. So people and communication uh, are really important right now. And depending on, you know, your relationships is, is becoming more important. So you know, we'll, we'll always make time. We're always willing to talk. And I feel like other companies have shut that door. And, and it's a mistake because, 
you know, when you talk to somebody and they're like, oh, you know, we're 80% sold out on all our goods. We don't really need to talk to you. Well, you know, don't take that position all the time. You know, there that can might change be an quickly. opportunity missed. What's that? That can change quickly. It can change very quickly. quickly. I mean, you know, the, the, you know, we could, we could have a podcast on the ebb and flow of, you know, buying market versus selling market yeah. and you don't want either side to be abusive, you know, and by communicating, it doesn't become abusive, you know? So, sure. um, so it's a good point that you made. We'll always make time to have meetings to talk to people, no matter who it is. And I think just the list of our trade shows and events shows our commitment to that. I mean, we want to be out. We want to be talking to people in person. Uh, obviously, go to meetings great and emails are great, but we want to do the AFPM and have a booth at the coding show and the Chemicals of America show and all the meetings you guys set up at the Southwestern Fertilizer show. Always a good one over the summertime. Um, you know, you want to be out there talking to people. I know, AJ, we always talk a lot about how much you vouch for, you know, the, how much more you get out of an in-person meeting, even if it's a 20-minute meeting versus 100 emails. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like for sure. Day. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, I'm not as big of a go-to-meeting guy as, as you are, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be back in person, more than happy to be back. Yeah. Yeah, just, just productive in general. Um, and if you don't have a meeting with us, how can they get a contact with us for AFPM? Is there an email or what's what, what's the deal? Or they, got, they can come to the hotel? I mean, how should we do that? I mean, they WhatsApp you, right? They WhatsApp you. <laughs> okay. WhatsApp me. <laughs> I mean, we do have our landing site, thechemco.com slash AFPM, okay. which includes all information for the golf, uh, event, cocktail event, and most importantly, how to schedule a meeting with us. Or you could reach out directly to TCC events at thechemco.com and we'll be happy to, to get you in the schedule and you know connect it at any any one of these upcoming trade shows actually so perfect yeah i just I'm learned a, something i didn't know there was a tcc event <laughs> oh stop <laughs> yeah uh, i wasn't clear that's why i wanted i want to ask because i was like how do they contact with us but yeah got yeah. it thank you and you know what we we have a, a an awesome uh email invite as well that you know happy to send back out and you know get everyone on board you, you teed that up nicely, Javi. We'll let you host the next one. <laughs> oh, no, you, put, you put that right there. <laughs> oh, that was good. And they come and see us at the hotel, at our central hotel. Like if, if you don't have a meeting, come. there's going to be plenty of us. Yeah. You want to talk to us, if you don't have a meeting, or come to the cocktail party, you're welcome. I was say the cocktail party is great. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday night. Sunday night, yeah. So we still have it's Monday, Tuesday, 4 Wednesday. 7 p.m., is yep. it? Yep. Yeah, Ruth Chris, Ruth Chris at okay. the Grand Hyatt. So you just go down the stairs, and then you're there. Boom. Yep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> thank thank <laughs> you for that. The, those, are, those are some spot-on directions. Yeah. I mean, there you go. <laughs> I'll be at the bar, but uh, <laughs> you can find me there. Bartending. Be bartending. bartending. <laughs> or I'll be doing something more related. Buying no. drinks on my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> drinks, drinks, and, <laughs> drink, drinks and chemicals. Uh, yeah, chemicals. The guy knows how to spend. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, looking forward to the AFPM. Obviously, we'll have the AFPM and the coding show behind us before we do another episode. So looking forward to those two. If anyone will be at those... Uh, those events, again, if we don't already have a meeting set up, be happy to get you in for some golf, cocktail party, uh, set up a meeting with us. Should be a should be a good time. Brand new hotel this year, which I'm excited for. Very yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah. Moving up in the world. Yep. <clears throat> That's for We're sure. We're not right. in the ghetto anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um I think that's a good summary of kind of everything going on, everything we've been talking about here the last couple of weeks. Anything uh anything else that I missed? Any recommendations, things on your mind? No, I just Good there's been you. some uh, some cool episodes that you've done recently, and maybe you know touch on those. Some upcoming episodes that are really exciting. Uh, 
the Ecovada silver medal. I mean, you know, you mentioned how we in, invest in so much. I mean, we invest in our own EH&S and legal uh, as a distributor that that's becoming more and more important. Um, and but, but you know, I'm sure we got time to talk about all those things in other podcasts. Yeah. But, uh, and then, and there was a recent EH&S podcast that you shouldn't miss. If you've missed it, go back and check it out. Uh, with Caitlin and Karen, and uh, that was a great one, and we got some upcoming, like I said, upcoming exciting stuff. Yeah, the the EH and S and Radio Tour one was great. You know, whether you listen to the full episode or if you've been following along on LinkedIn, we got pretty much each segment clipped. So if you're more interested in the Equivatus part, the ISO part, the NACD part, um, you know, we got a great marketing team that's able to clip those episodes up and make it easy to digest. So thank you, Kettlebottom. A lot of good yeah. info. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Kettlebottom Creative. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and some, some exciting episodes coming up. I think we've touched upon in the past. You know, once we actually get them recorded and ready to go, we'll promote those a little bit more. But some exciting things coming up, some exciting feedback we've had on the podcast and glad to keep growing it. Um, so, yeah, it should be a lot of, a lot of yeah, good things coming up. Yeah, did you mention your, your ranking in the – do you ever mention that? I think – did we talk about it on yeah, the – we talked about, we talk about it. it? Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure we covered right. that. Well, we got, what, number four in the whole industry, the yep. best podcast? I think number one. Okay, I think uh, we should, I mean, come not, on. Not, now they're number three because IHS and Platts uh, merged. merged. So that oh, so we're number three now. Oh, so now we're in the top three. Bump, bump, bump us. <laughs> we're top three now. And we're not even getting paid to do this. I mean, yeah, you know, they're, they're, we're they're there for fun. We're yeah, there for this fun. is fun. <laughs> this is fun. Imagine that if we were actually getting paid to do this. Yeah. Those <laughs> other guys, I think those other guys are getting paid, don't you, Ben? I think I would say so. Yeah, I would, I would have to assume so. Yeah, because they read everything. We have yeah. to renegotiate our contract for next yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I shouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> but please stay in front of your customers and suppliers and just be nice to everybody yeah. <laughs> because it's tough times. That's, no, that's, that's a good that's point. Good that's a very good be point. Be nice. Be, be nice to everybody. That's, I think that's, that's, I think that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's my absolutely advice. Absolutely awesome advice. Yeah. And it is good kind. feedback because I think we've had some cases where, you know, sure, suppliers are sold out or things are tight or whatnot, yeah. and that's fine. That's but, fine. You know, yeah. be, be nice about it. Be nice about it. Yeah. Be responsive. No problem. Be responsive. That's the best you can do. Just be responsive and be nice about it. Yeah. It's simple. Bad news doesn't age well, right? Bad news it's not wine. Well. No, not no. wine. <laughs> Benny, do you remember I floated that to you as a tagline, chemicals with kindness? Remember? Wow, no, okay. I like it. Yeah, I like it. We should use like it. Yeah. We should use it. TCC, we're doing chemicals with kindness. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, chemicals with kind, you know? So, I like there you it. go. I mean, it, it really, like uh, it. it didn't fly, but uh, we'll maybe put, maybe we can oh, bring that back. We'll, we'll bring, it, bring back. it back. We'll I put mean. Javi's smiling face right next to the tagline. Me and Corey. Diversity. Diversity. No, I think we'll leave it with that, though. You know, be kind. Be kind. Good time to be responsive. Good. Uh, looking forward to seeing everybody at AFPM in the uh, in the coding show. You know, I'm sure again, there's a lot of tightness out there, a lot of bad news having to be given, but mm-hmm. you know, do it politely, do it with kindness, and it go, goes a long way, I think, in the relationship. So, amen. Thank you all for taking some time this morning. Good talking to you guys, and uh, we will see you post AFPM, post coding show. Good see day. you, San Antonio. I'm sure, we'll have a good recap there, and talk to you all soon. Thank you. Sounds Thank great. you.